for, for some reason, I have a feeling he's going to tease me regardless. So <laughs> it doesn't matter what I say or do. I can never please Dave. No. Well, bless God. It's good to be here with you guys this morning. I'm uh, not from around these parts, as you can probably tell from my accent. I know it's a very nondescript. Um, but I, um, I hail from, hail from, that's clear, uh, from Texas, um, where I was born and raised. I've lived the last uh, decade and a half almost in Los Angeles, but just recently moved back to Texas, replanted myself in a place that's not full of crazy people. And, um, and so, needless to say, uh, this kind of weather is not something I'm really accustomed to. I actually had to buy a jacket when I was coming up here because I don't even own one. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I always wear flip-flops. And everyone's like, you better not wear flip-flops up there. And so, um, so I did uh, not bring them so I wouldn't be tempted. And of course, it probably would change my mind real quick when I walked outside. Um, it's very cold. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you know, I'm so far up here. I actually, uh, I actually am hoping I get to swing by and visit Santa Claus, you know. <laughs> Save me a stamp this Christmas, right? <laughs> All right. So um, I'm going to talk about something today. Dave told me, he said I had the, the freedom to talk about something besides my career. And it's, and it's, it's nice because predominantly anytime I go anywhere and speak, they always want me to talk about my career, my career, because I've had a, I've had a pretty cool one and everybody's always like, Ooh, the stories, the people, you know, and all this stuff. And, but it's nice to sometimes be able to go and uh, share about my heart for the Lord, because uh, I've worked in a very secular, ungodly industry for almost 20 years or right at 20 years. Actually, now I'm dating myself. <laughs> Actually, I'm single, so I guess I am. But anyhow, um, but uh, but so so while I've been in the industry for a long time, uh, you know, I've been a believer, and God really led me through the path that um, that I have gone. And it's been a weird, interesting path. But we'll get into that more later. I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to spend a few days here with you guys. So you get to, uh, you know, so I've already met a lot of you, uh, and it's been really great to get to know some of you, talk about uh, your life and what God's called you to do. And so this morning, I want to talk about something that's become a very, very important part of my life, and that is the power of praise. Because as uh, someone who's worked in a very, a very ungodly secular industry, uh, I'm around every kind of madness you can imagine. And uh, I mean, literally conceive it, I've probably experienced it, I've been around it. And so, you know, as a believer, uh, when you're put in those situations, the one thing I always think of, I mean, we look, we have examples all through the Bible of God utilizing people, putting them in places of power within a secular structure, you know? And so that's why I always felt like that, that was my mission field. Media was my mission field. And um, God has revolutionized a lot of things in my life. I'm not a theologian. I'm starting to get the crackle in my voice here. Hold on. The uh, sticky. I can't keep my mouth dry or my lips from chapping up here. Um, but um, I'm, I'm no theologian. I'm just a filmmaker. I've produced a lot of film, a lot of TV shows. Um, I've done a lot of things and uh, music videos and whatnot. And that's been, that's a weird world in itself. But um, um, so I'm no theologian. I'm just like you. I'm just someone who is on a journey. And on my journey, God has 
open up his word to me, and there's a lot of things that have really helped me in certain times where I really needed the help. I was really discouraged. Uh, I mean, you know, people can look at a career, and like my career, I've had a lot of successes, but I've also had many failures. For every success, there's been about, I don't know, 1,500 failures, <laughs> you know? And I mean, and I'm talking like, you know, I've had millions of dollars stolen from me, you know? And I've had, I've had everything that you could want, and I've had nothing. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's really crazy because a lot of people have trouble, really, but it doesn't matter if it's millions of dollars or you just lost a relationship with a friend. Um, discouragement is still discouragement. And, and so our culture has taught us that praise is, um, it, and I really like the value we put on praise nowadays. Because uh, when I was growing up, we didn't have really, praise and worship music was something you did at church. You show up at church, you know, you had your hymnals. Um, and you would go in and sing, and you'd do some worship songs. Uh, and then when you leave the church, it was over. And then all of Christian music kind of turned into uh, praise music. Um, so then you'd come to church, praise and worship, but then people would be jamming it out in their cars and stuff like that. But a lot of times I still think we forget that praise is something that is re- required of God. It's not something that we are to do when we're at church only, but we're to do continually. And that's what I want to talk about is uh, some of the things that in my life, personally, that I have discovered about praise. And um, according to Webster, praise actually means to express thanks, love, and respect for, and to glorify. And it's showing adoration, thanks, and just being grateful for where you are, what you have. So my first point I want to make, I've got a lot of points. I might have to skip over some because I don't have much time. And I get windy um, um, talking, that is. <laughs> not, not the, the burger joint. <laughs> um, so number one thing, praise is sacrifice. Uh, there's a scripture in Hebrews. You guys don't have to look these up because I'm going to spout out a lot of scriptures. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now, interesting about sacrifice of praise is because those are like two separate things we think of. When we think of sacrifice, we, what do we think of? Giving up something. We think of giving up something that we love. But then when we think of praise, we think of something that's glorious and joyous. They're totally two polar opposite words and they're sitting right next to each other. A sacrifice of praise. How can you have a sacrifice of praise? Because in our lives, we have this, this, when we at church and we have this praise, we're like, oh, yes. And in the prayer right before um, the, the lady that was up here, it was a fantastic prayer because you're right. Through the valley and on the top mountaintop, we're supposed to still have that continual attitude of praise. But also, whenever we look in the Old Testament, um, every time a sacrifice was used, um, there's so many times. In Levitic- Leviticus alone, there are like 16 references to that praise was a, a sweet-smelling aroma to God. I mean, the sacrifice, excuse me. The sacrifice was a sweet-smelling aroma to God. In Genesis 8, 21, uh, whenever uh, Noah, yeah, Noah came off the ark, that's the first mention of it in the Bible about, about it, a sacrifice being a sweet aroma. So we have to look at it in the con- context that, uh, and then let's see, where's my other scripture here that I have? Okay, so now in Ephesians 5, 2, it says, Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So what I, one moment in my life is when I realized that 
praise was more than just singing a song. It was an actual devoted connection between God and myself. And that my worship was more than my voice coming out of my mouth singing to God. But it was an actual sacrifice. It was actually a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord. And sometimes, and I think whenever you start putting your mindset in that way, it actually changes the way you think about praise. Because it's no longer something that you're just, oh, you know, I'm singing this praise and worship song. But whenever we leave the doors, that that praise continues with us. Because praise doesn't have to just be in song or dance or raising your hands, crying, whatever you do. You know, to each his own, whatever. Uh, and uh, but whenever you, but we are to pray continually, which is the next um, next point I'd like to make. Which is, um, if I, I'm losing my place here, praise should be continual. Back in that same scripture, Hebrews 13, it says, "Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually." Okay. And in Psalms 34, I mean, Psalms throughout the thing, it always says, praise God continually. But Psalms 34, 1 says, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You know, it's hard to complain when you have praise in your mouth. And that's what I've discovered. I mean, believe me, I've had many reasons to uh, complain. Um, there was one time back in, back in the 90s, and I was in a Christian rock band. And uh, we, uh, we had been... We'd had, you know, we had toured, we had toured around, and um, we, but we never really hit a big level. We, we opened for some big bands in the day, of the day, but um, we, we came and we decided we were going to do, I was like, man, we're going to do this one big event. This is going to break us out. We're going to be like awesome, you know, and so we went, uh, I went to a very large church in Texas, and the church donated the facility to us. And my brother and I, we were working at that time for uh, NBC Sports, and we were working in sports and television. And so we were making a lot of, we were making a lot of money. And so, uh, you know, and I was a young guy, I was in my early 20s, and making a lot of money. But we were in the fortunate position that we could, we would work like six months, we'd make enough money that we'd spend all our money uh, going on tour with our band, you know. And there was no money in music. <laughs> and, um, and so we created this event. And it was called Eruption. Little did we know the irony of the name. <laughs> but um, so we did this event, and it was a crusade. We're like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. We brought in a really big Christian artist at the time, um, which none of you would know who he is. <laughs> Al Denson, you may know who he is, some of you guys. I, not all of you, some of you. I see some hairs in here. Um, or lack thereof, sorry, guys. Um, but... Um, um, we put this event on, and we were expecting, I mean, we marketed the thing like crazy. My brother and I sunk every dime we had into it. We put every line of credit that we could get, we put on this thing, and we're just like, oh, yeah, this is what's going to be, you know. <laughs> and the place we, our church seated 5,000 people. And um, the night of the event comes, and there's, you know, like two hours before the event, there's already a line forming outside, and we're like, oh, yeah, you know, this is cool. <laughs> The line never grew, <laughs> and here we are 30 minutes before it starts, and there's less than 200 people there, which is all right if you're in a place that seats 220, <laughs> but then when you're in a place that seats 5,000, that's not even the front row, and so we were like, oh man, I was like, wow, this is, 
not good. And I actually went into a closet up on the second floor, and I was like, because, I mean, right here I saw, I said, Lord, my life is flatlined after this. I mean, we are so out of money. Uh, it's not even funny. And I went up in this closet, and I prayed, and I said, God, I know that when I walk out, amen, I'm going to walk out, and this place is going to be full of people. I walked out, and it was empty. <laughs> and I was like, like, wow, man, I thought I had faith. <laughs> and um, so anyhow, but we, you know, the show must go on. So we went and had this whole concert, and everything. And, and those 200 people had a great time because they were like, wow, this is awesome. It's like an intimate show. And, um, but after, after the event was over, um, we had, well, we actually had, we had also this thing after the fact that we, in the gym, we were going to sell hot dogs. And so we had thousands of hot dogs and nobody wanted any hot dogs. <laughs> and I mean, we were like, okay, for a dollar, you get a hot dog. Nobody wants. We're like 50 cents, 25 cents. Here, just eat hot dogs. I don't want them. And uh, unfortunately, nobody bought any. <laughs> and so uh, we ended up with thousands of hot dogs, which we ate for the next six months for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> I hated hot dogs, never ate another one for 10 years. Um, but, uh, but in that situation, when it was such a failure, we were like, oh man, I was like, we, my brother and I were devastated. We just spent everything we had. I mean, we had all this debt now, and we're just like, wow, man, this was stupid. What were we thinking? You know, we, we really felt like it was something God wanted us to do. Well, actually, as it turns out, it was. It was an epic failure for us, and after a couple months of depression and eating too many hot dogs, um, we, um, uh, it, was, it, was hard to, um, it was hard to find a reason to praise. But I had to, because... I was like, oh, well, you know, it was another failure, you know, and failure happens. But that was a turning point in my life because at that point is when my brother and I sunk our whole life into production because that paid bills <laughs> and we had a lot of them. And so we ended up switching our whole objective in life. We were kind of split between these two worlds and it was almost like God said, okay, I'm shutting this door so you can focus on that one, which I've called you to do rather than what you want to do. You know, now God doesn't, doesn't mean I didn't want to do film, but sometimes we divide our passion and praise will help us regain our focus. And whenever we praise, we get closer to the Lord and he helps us kind of define who we are and where we're going. And that's actually one of my points later. But um, so in that situation, it was difficult to praise, but I did. And when I finally just said, I mean, it, it took me a couple of weeks, trust me. I wasn't praising for the first couple of weeks. I'm like going, okay, Lord, what's up, man, you know? But uh, whenever I finally did, that's when I started having peace, and God kind of shifted my whole life in a different direction. The next point I want to make is praise brings humility. And this is one of those things um, that I had to learn in that same experience. Because when you praise... It is a recognition that you have no control of your life. And in our culture, that's a hard thing to, to really give up because we're, we're in a very self-centered culture. And we're in a very self-centered where everything is about us. It's for us. It benefits us. And that's how we kind of view the world. I mean, whether we want, you know, all of us do. If we live in this culture, it's how we think. And that's just the way it is because we are, we are marketed to really, in all honesty. It's all a marketing point. I always tell people in the movie business, when people are asking me, um, sometimes people will call me up and ask me, they're like, oh, hey, you know, a friend's doing a movie, and they're like, we want some marketing ideas. And they're, you know, and they're talking about all these ideas. And I'm like, well, none of those will work. I said, think psychology, because we tell an audience what they're going to 
what they're going to know. You're going to tell the audience what they see. You're going to perceive, you control the perception they have of your project. So marketing, it's all psychological. And so everything down the line, it's all, it all deals with psychology. And sorry, guys, we play with your minds. <laughs> That's the way the movie business is, the whole entertainment world. But whenever you're in this, that's what makes it, it's in a, in a, and for me, it was a very interesting world because in, in my industry, it's egomaniacs run amok. I mean, everywhere, it's ego, ego upon ego. And honestly, it's very difficult to keep yourself from getting into that mindset. And praise keeps you humble. And so uh, I've, I know that many times in my life, we've had so many things going on. Um, that we've had, you know, projects going on, on on networks and, you know, that are coming out in theater or something. And we got all this stuff going on. And, you know, what, what's the first thing I give up? And that's my time with the Lord. That's the very first thing that goes out the window because I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. You know, I'm working so hard. But whenever I do, I find my mind starts losing focus. And then that's when all of a sudden the Lord like, you know, the Lord like kind of reminds me, I'm like, okay, I got to praise. Praise keeps me humble, keeps me on focus because we are so easy as humans to let our minds just kind of wonder. We get so caught up in these moments, but praise is one of those things that help us come back. And I keep going back to focus because it's a very important thing. And number four is one of the things that I also discovered is one of the most effective things for me. And this totally revolutionized my prayer life, and that is praise and prayer. Uh, we don't think about praise and prayer. We think about praise and singing, and when we walk out the door, we're kind of like on with our life and everything. But praise and prayer is vital. Matter of fact, even when Jesus gave us an outline of the Lord's Prayer, he gave us an outline of, of what is a great prayer. And it starts off with, um, let's see, um, I, I know the Lord's Prayer. I'm trying to skip it, but I have to run through the whole thing in my head. <laughs> um, but our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's a praise. And then he goes through the Lord's Prayer. And the end he says, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and glory forever. Again, praise. So it's like the end cap to prayer. But I guarantee you, most of us, I mean, I know I've been victim of this many times. I still do it sometimes. And then I'm like, whoa. <laughs> um, we, prayer turns into a wine session where we're, oh, Lord, my life is so bad, you know, and we spend 45 minutes complaining instead of praying, you know, or, you know, 45 minutes, that's, that's a lot for a lot of people nowadays, but I mean, if, if somebody, you know, if a great percentage of our prayer time is spent complaining about things, I do it, oh, man, I've been many times, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second, okay, Lord, you know my complaints, let me, I'm just going to start praising you, and when I start praising in the prayer, all of a sudden, I find out, I've discovered that, that many times, I, my, most of my prayer now, 90% of my prayer is made up of praise. I hardly ever, when I make my, you know, the Bible, there's nothing against asking God to help you, to give you strength through situations. But the problem is we focus so much on the problem that we forget the solution, where it's coming from. And so when we praise and, and switch our focus to God and we praise God, we can make, make our request known which is actually a scripture I have somewhere, but um, we'll get to it. So uh, oh, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And sometimes we forget that thanksgiving. 
We're just sitting there going, eh, you know. I mean, David's a great example. And throughout Psalms, man, the guy's like lamenting, oh, my, my pillows are filled with tears and all this stuff. And he's just so depressed. And sometimes it was pretty discouraging reading some of this Psalms. But then at the end, he goes, but I will bless your name. I will glorify your name. Because no matter the situation, he kind of vents. And then it goes back to praise because praise refocuses. Um, praise... Uh, well, actually, let me, here's a story I want to share about an interesting thing that happened uh, in, in relation to prayer and praise. Uh, back in the day, uh, when after, actually right after that, um, uh, right before that uh, whole eruption event, um, we had, uh, my brother and I, we had gone on the road for, you know, several months, come back, we were out of money, just waiting for our, our TV gigs to kick back in. And uh, so we really didn't have any money. And all of a sudden, we are like, had some bills coming up. And I was going, oh, man, don't have the money to pay that bill. And I started worrying. And I was like, oh, you know what? I was like, why am I worrying? There's literally nothing I can do. They can shut off our power. You know, they can kick us out, whatever. And I was like, there's really nothing I can do. So I said, well, I'm just going to pray about it. And I said, Lord... Uh, we finally a, a studio called and so I went up there to the studio and I was sitting around we had a show and I had an office up front uh, near the entrance where people came in for the audience and I was sitting in my office and, um, and I was just praying I said Lord you know what I need I've already made that very perfectly clear so I'm just going to sit here and say thank you because I know you've provided an answer and response because as of tonight or as of tomorrow, I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I mean, I, our power's gone, our water's gone, everything's off and we needed $400. I was like, and that was it. I mean, just 400 bucks. And I was like, wow, man, it's so crazy. And, um, and I'm sitting there and as I'm just going, okay, I praise you, Lord. Thank you for giving me the answer. Then this uh, man and woman walk in the door. And they're like, are you Kenny Sailors? And I said, yeah. And they're like, okay. They said, um, uh, whatever their names were. That was really nice of me huh? to remember their names. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they, uh, they came in and they're like, well, um, we wanted to, you know, we were sitting at our house having dinner. Uh, and they lived about 45 minutes away. And they said, we were sitting in our house having dinner. And we were praying over our dinner and all of a sudden the Lord put in my head, put in my head, your name and where to find you. And they said, he said, I looked up and my wife looked at me and she goes, did you? He goes, yeah. (laughs) And he said, he said, so we got up and we had your name and exactly where to find you. And they said, we came here to give you this. And they handed me an envelope with $500 in it. And I was just sitting there and I was like, whoa. I said, that's crazy. I had never seen an immediate reaction to prayer like that before, ever in my life. I was, I just started like crying. I was like, wow, man. I was like, you have no idea. And they're like, and I was like, well, are you guys staying for the show? They're like, no, we're just, we just came to give you that. And they left. And I was like, wow, sorry for your gas you spent here. You want me to give you some money? No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but it was amazing because and it, it, it showed me something in that moment because I realized that by focusing on our problems so much that we often fail to focus on our solution, which God is our provider. Was that Jehovah Jireh, the names? I love the names of God. I'm glad we put those up there. Um, the next point I want to make is praise is the will of God. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. 
Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so I think we forget sometimes. We think praise is an optional kind of thing. It's something that we can do, you know, when we're feeling good. But the Bible says to give thanks in everything. And that's very difficult uh, because when we're having the world is kind of, you know, well, I don't know if that's appropriate to say, but I'll say it. (laughs) When the world's like dumping on you, you know, sometimes it's hard to find praise, find a reason to praise. Uh, I remember one time we were in a lawsuit um, with a, we had written a, uh, we had written a script for William Morris Agency. And uh, we were these young bucks into Hollywood, my brother and I, and they had this story they wanted to write. And William Morris is like one of the top three agencies in the world. And so we had an opportunity to write a script for them. And we're like, whoa, this is cool, you know. And, um, but they didn't want us to write it. They actually thought it was a bad idea. But the guy whose story it was about, he, he loved us and wanted us to write it. And they had given him like the top writers in Hollywood and he turned them down. And then he goes, I want these nobodies. And, um, and William Morris was just like, no way, man. These guys have never written anything. You know, like, why are you going to let them? And he goes, because they catch the vision of my story. So anyhow, we wrote the script in a couple of weeks, uh, which is not common. But uh, we wrote it in two weeks. And uh, when we wrote the script, it turned out being really good. We were even surprised. We were like, wow, that turned out really awesome. And, uh, and, and so uh, we got the script and we sent it into William Morris. And well, we sent it to the guy first to prove it, make sure that the guy whose story it was about. And we called him up and he's like, he's like, I can't talk to you right now. We're like, okay. We're like, well, we know he got it. So we're like, oh man. And then he called us back like 30 minutes later. And he's like, it's perfect, absolutely perfect. I wouldn't change anything. It's absolutely great, fantastic, blah, blah, blah. We're like, yeah, you know, score. We're in with William Morris now. Well, William Morris read it. The agency sent it around their people. And every one of them loved it, absolutely were just blown away. And they're like, man, that fantastic script. They're talking about getting, you know, Russell Crowe, all these people being in the movie. And we're like, wow, man, you know, we're this Hollywood story now, you know. And... Um, <laughs> But then they were like, okay, here's a contract for you. And we look at this contract, and it's like, uh, we, we can uh, replace your name with other people's name. We don't ever have to pay you if we don't want. I mean, so it was all this ridiculous stuff. And I'm like, I'm like okay, I may be a country bumpkin from Texas, but I wasn't born in a barn, and I know how to read a contract. And I was like, I'm like, well, we're not signing this. And, oh, man, hell hath no fury than Hollywood people getting angry at you. And so they, um, they sucked, they uh, really, uh, they sent all their lawyers out on me, on me and my brother. And it got to the point, and we didn't even have a lawyer. We had an agent, but he was just like, I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, thanks. <laughs> and, um, and so uh, his, uh, agents, agents were free. <laughs> and uh, they, they made money off of you getting gigs. <laughs> lawyer, you had to pay. And so uh, big retainers, too. And... So we were like sitting there and I'm like, man. And so we started getting badgered by these attorneys, like left and right all the time calling us. And I was just like going, I mean, it was literally so stressful. I couldn't sleep at night. They were badgering us constantly. And we're just like, oh man. I was like, what are we going to do? I said, here's our biggest opportunity and we're going to blow it. I said, but it doesn't matter because we're not going to get credit anyhow and they're never going to pay us. So all we're going to do is give them free material. And I was like, we can't do it. And so we just, we, you know, my brother and I prayed about it. We're like, what are we going to do? And we we just felt like the Lord said, stand your ground. Don't move on this. 
And so we're like, okay. So we did. We stood our ground. It was not easy ground to stand on, let me tell you, because we were getting the, the fiery darts of Hollywood all over us. And, um, well, finally we were sitting there, and I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of dealing with this. And so I said, we're just going to, I'm just going to not think about it. And we're just going to thank the Lord for the opportunity and just totally give it over to him. And I'm not going to worry about it anymore. So a few more weeks, it was difficult because they kept calling and threatening to sue us. And, and we're like, <laughs> sue us? We're like, why? I was like, we wrote a script. You want the script, you know? And uh, anyhow, well, then we were at one of these prayer meetings at one of our friend's house. And uh, she was an industry person. There's a lot of industry people came. And one of the women who we had gotten to know at this, uh, at this prayer meeting, uh, she said, uh, she, we were sitting there talking about, oh man, we don't know, you know, all this, we don't know what to do, but we're just praying about it and letting the Lord handle it. And she goes, well, she goes, let the Lord handle it and also let my son, because he's one of the top attorneys in LA. And she goes, and uh, in Hollywood, she goes, I'll call him up and tell him to take your case. And I was like, oh, perfect. So she set up a meeting for us and uh, we go and we're like in the, one of the top law firms in all of the whole industry. And we go up and this guy's one of the partners, this big mega firm. And we go up and we go into this massive office and we go in there and sit down and he's like, so he goes, Ma, you got my mom. He goes, huh? He goes, she's making me take your case, huh? And I was like, I was like, yeah. And he goes, and he goes, you know what? I'm not going to charge you guys all pro bono. And he goes, I'll handle your case. And uh, this guy makes about fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars an hour, and uh, and he did it for free. He came in pro bono for us, and um, and he said, um, and he goes, he gets on the phone and he calls up. He's like, who's the lead attorney? And, uh, and we told him the guy's name. And he goes, okay, he's head of the Beverly Hills Bar Association. He goes, I know him really well. So he calls him up. He puts him on speaker. And the, he, and the guy answers the phone. He's like, hey, man, nice to talk to you. And he goes, yeah. He goes, so um, uh, I hear you've been harassing uh, the Sailors Brothers. And he's like, well, you know, the Sailors. And he goes, he goes, well, they're my clients. And he goes, oh, my goodness, I'm sorry. I had no idea. He goes, yeah, well, now you know. And if you call them again, we're going to slap you with so many lawsuits back. He goes, you'll never see the light of day. <laughs> and he goes, and you'll wish you'd have just paid them. And then the guy's like, okay, we, we won't bother him anymore. We never received another phone call. And we ended up, um, they were still so hard-headed that we ended up getting our rights back for the script. And we were able to retain them and use it at a later date. So it worked out really well, you know, and we stood on our stood on our feet on the, on the ground where God had told us to. And it was all because we finally let go of our situation we were in and said, okay, God, we're going to let you. We gave, and we just said, man, we praise God gloriously after that uh, because that was, a really, that was a really tough moment in our life. Um, praise is a weapon. And I think that last story illustrates that as well <laughs> because sometimes you're in the midst of a storm, you're in the midst of a battle, and that is where the praise comes in because it builds your faith, it keeps you humble, and it makes you realize that the less you depend on yourself, the more chance of success you're going to have. Um, in in uh, Second Chronicles, uh, Judah was being surrounded by armies, and, um, and Jehoshaphat heard that and was like, oh man, this is scary. So he prayed. They, he ordered everybody to fast and pray, and then they sent him out. They sent the praise and worship guys out to, to lead the battle, and then they, they ended up, God said, you let me handle it. This is my battle, not yours. And so they sent the people, um, and he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness. I love that line. 
as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. I think about that in our modern times. Can you imagine if we were like over in Iraq or something, and we're like, okay, send the praise and worship team in. It's all these guys in skinny jeans, faux hawks, and trendy glasses, you know? (laughs) They're like, yeah, God is an awesome God, you know? It it might scare everybody. Oh, that's true. Um, But but praise is is a weapon. And um, praise is something that God has used historically through the Bible. And Psalms 149 says, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He will beautify the, hum- the humble with salvation. Let the saints be glo- joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud in their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. And I was going to get into some about why a two-edged sword is really sharp, but I don't have time. Uh, let's see, I'm going to skip ahead because I am out of time. Um, I'm going to go to um, about something that I think is a really um, important one, which is praise brings perspective. Um, in Second Corinthians four sixteen and 17, this is from the words of Paul. He said, therefore, we do not lose heart. <clears throat> Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. <clears throat> For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, what is really powerful to this, about this scripture to me is this is Paul, one of the most afflicted person, people in the Bible. He was constantly he was beaten, left for dead, stoned. I mean, he had everything happen to him. And here, his perspective was our lot affliction. Okay, think about that a second. This is a guy who's been through it, but he was a man of praise. Constantly, always praising the Lord. And he referenced his life as lot affliction. Okay, perspective. Me having to deal with some lawyers who are mad at me. (laughs) Okay, Uh, boo-hoo, you know. (laughs) And here I'm like, oh, God, save me from lawyers, you know. Um, And here is somebody who has an eternal perspective. <clears throat> and praise helps us get an eternal perspective. Because I find that whenever I'm in a situation, I got all this mess going on in my life and all these things happening, that when I start praising the Lord and I said, you know what, I'm just tired of worrying about it and thinking about it. I'll just spend time praising the Lord, not singing, not doing anything, just standing there and just literally bowing and praying and saying, Lord, I love you. You're worthy of praise. You know, uh, you're you know, just, just worship the Lord and just praise him. And when you do that, I find that all the cares that I have just seem to melt away. And because praise helps bring us perspective because we can't really see clearly what, what our objective is, what we're going to do whenever we are so clouded by our own, um, well, our, honestly, our own selfish desires. And praise helps bring our perspective. And so I always think of Paul because I'm like, man, that dude had a good attitude. <laughs> you know, I'm like... I'm like, man, you know, a movie doesn't even come out of Redbox quick enough. And I'm like, what's wrong with you, Redbox? You know, or, or the little timer, you know, downloading something. I'm like, geez, man, two minutes and it's not downloaded? What's going on? And so, anyhow, and one more thing I would bring up is pr- pr- uh, praise revives passion. And it kind of falls in the, the last one. Uh, when, we, when we love the Lord with all our hearts, our souls, and our minds, it revives our passion 
Because praise does the one thing. We are all called to do the same thing. We all have different methods of achieving it. Uh, God has called us to different things. But we are all called to serve the Lord, to love the Lord, and to reach the lost. Every one of us. Some of us are teachers, preachers. Some of us are filmmakers. Some of us, we're all from different areas. God has called us to do different things. And when you praise the Lord, it brings back into focus our, our purpose and our passion. Because, you know, something I, I've learned to think about, especially over the last few years, is how every single day there are more than 80,000 people who leave this life and go into eternity never even hearing the name of Jesus. Never hearing the gospel, ever. And you know what? That's our responsibility. And, it's, and if we give up, if we do not allow God to fine-tune that passion in us, then that number will continue to be. We have to, we have to focus in so that God can use us in our area. And that doesn't mean just around the world. That means here in our backyard, across the street. Um, quick story. I know a lady who, uh, uh, she is, um, I just had this conversation just a few weeks ago. And she's an older woman in her, I don't know, in her late 50s. And I was just, we were just talking and, and I've known her for a while, wonderful woman of, of God. And, and I was like, so when did you get saved? And she's like, oh, 10 years ago. I was like, whoa, 10 years ago. I said, wow, late bloomer, huh? And she's like, she goes, yeah. She goes, you know, it's crazy. She goes, no one ever preached the gospel. I never heard the gospel message my entire life. And I was like, what? I said, where did you live? And she lived up in the Northeast United States. And I was like, whoa, hold on. You never heard the gospel? And she said, no, not until. She goes, no one ever witnessed to me. She goes, I never, she goes, at Christmas time, I saw these nativity, all this stuff. I had no idea what it was. And I was like, are you serious? And you lived in the United States? And she's like, yeah. And she said she went to the store, picked up a book that sounded interesting, that, that Left Behind series. And she said she picked it up and was like, oh, because she loved to read. And she took it, and that was her introduction to the gospel. And from there, she started reading other books. Uh, and then she picked up the Bible and started reading. And she said, I gave my heart to the Lord sitting in my living room. She goes, no one witnessed to me. She said, no one ever shared the gospel with me my entire life until 10 years ago. She goes, I, she goes, the Lord ministered directly to me. And I gave my heart to the Lord in my living room reading the Bible. And I was like, man, I was like, how sad. We, sometimes our focus is so everywhere that we forget there are some people right here that don't even know the gospel message. And so I leave that as a challenge with you guys today. Praise is so vital to our life. Let it be more than a song that we sing and let it be more than a service that we sit in. But let's let it become a part of our life so that every day when we go out that it will keep us humble, but that it will keep us focused and it will help us revitalize our purpose and passion and grow us closer to the Lord because God does inhabit the praises of his people. And we, it is our responsibility. This world's dying, going to hell. Uh, and it is our responsibility. We're all world changers in this room. And I want the best for you because you're, you're going to be able to reach people that I'll never be able to reach. And I just want you to keep focused because prayer will always help you. Uh, praise will always help you keep focused. And that's all I have for you. And I hope, and I hope you got something out of that. And I may have rambled too long, but I'm sorry. But thank you guys. And I appreciate it. Look forward to meeting a lot of you.